Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from St. Louis, Missouri. The Oilers and the Blues tonight. The Oilers and the Hawks tomorrow. Momentarily, we'll talk to Sportsnet's Mark Spector. The best fans in the game need the best content. You can go live and behind the scenes with Oilers Plus. Access live practice coverage, pre- and post-game shows, behind the scenes, original series, and more. Subscribe now at OilersPlus.com using the promo code, all caps, OilersNow, for a three-day free trial. And we'll also tell you that guests on the show receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town. Uh, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue, now open Tuesday through Sunday, 5 from 10 p.m. You can tell Chris... And Chef Eltoff that orders now sent you. All right, we bring aboard Mark Spector for Aquarian Renovations, an experience worth sharing. Get started today at AquarianRenovations.com. Mark Spector is currently in Chicago, where the orders will be tomorrow. Wiley veteran move on Speck's part, going to one of the great U.S. cities. Speck, how are you? Oh, pretty good. Bobby, how's things in St. Louis? Not bad. Gorgeous day here. Uh, tough uh, flight coming in yesterday. A lot of rain. We hit a storm and flew through the storm for about 40 minutes. Oh, um, but just a beautiful day today here in St. Louis. And I know it's getting a lot colder back at Edmonton. But uh, anyhow, the orders finally get on the road after a six-game homestand. And I think the guys are happy to get on the road, Mark. And uh, I know my wife's happy that I'm on the road. I can tell you that. And you're probably hearing the same thing in your household as well. So uh, it, it's it's it gets, been an interesting. It gets a little stale, Bob. It gets a little stale for any team that plays. You remember, yeah. you play a whole training camp at home. There's four road games, but the veterans don't travel. Probably the three of them. And then you open up with six games at home, which is basically it's you know with a little bit of a break. It's almost most of two weeks. Uh, hockey players are wired that they need a change of scenery and they got to get out of the road. And they, they it's just the way hockey players are wired. And the order's been home too long. This road trip will be real good for them. Now, Mark, we'd be remiss without talking about the fact that you know early in the second period against Pittsburgh. Kind of reminded me a bit of the Calgary series, that game two in Calgary, right? Flames won 9-6 in game one, and the Oilers got down 3-1 in game two, and I was like, oh boy. And the Oilers flipped the switch and got to a level the rest of the way in that series against Calgary. They won in four straight, and against Pittsburgh, 
the last thing I saw was Edmonton out shooting the Penguins 26 to 4. Like they dominated them. They got to, Mark, they hadn't played like that the entire season. And I didn't know they were capable of getting, and of course, you were there for Mike Sullivan, and he said, we can't trade chances against this team. They'll kill us. Well, it turned out to be quite prophetic, but were you as surprised as I were? Uh, I was uh, with the Oilers' performance in the second period that carried through the third. They had way better scoring opportunities than the Pens in the third as well. Well, listen, teams can talk about, you know, if we play our style, we're a good team. And if we if we play the way we want to play, we're better than those guys. If we watched Evan and go on to Pittsburgh last year at the end of the season and and beat the Penguins for three periods, Bob, the way they beat them for yes. two periods the other night. I believe it was a, was it a 5-1 game. Uh, it was. It wasn't even close. I mean, Edmonton beat Pittsburgh for fun on the road last year, and that was Edmonton playing at their top level, and Pittsburgh couldn't play with them. Well, they come up the other night, and they play a first period, which was a lot of what we saw in these first six games. Not very good hockey. Leon Dreisaitl, I thought, was awful. Uh, he's one of their best players. He can't be one of their worst players. And, you know, it's just the responsibility as is being such a good player. Uh, some of the others weren't any good at all. And Jay Woodcroft brought out, uh, you know, he took a strip off him in between the first and second period. I know the players said that we all had a little talk with each other. Jay Woodcroft was the one who did the loudest talking in that room. And he told the Oilers what he expected of them. And then I assume he told them he was a little bit tired of waiting for it. And a new Oilers team, you know, a team that can play the way they can play, came out and led by Dreisaitl, whose game did a complete 180. He was the best player in the ice for the final 40 minutes. Uh, the leaders led, the followers followed. Kane played fantastic. They got six goals, and McDavid didn't have a point, and he played well, you know, through his injury. So this was a team that found its legs. And I think prove to themselves and everybody that when they play their game, they're as good as they as we think they are, Bob. But they got to start playing their game on a more consistent basis, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. This is. I mean, there's a couple things for me that have happened here. Like they're not. You get St. Louis twice and Calgary twice in the first nine games. That's not an easy schedule. You mentioned the six-team homestand. Yeah. Ken Holland would tell you. Ken Holland would tell you that when he was in Detroit, he tried to limit the amount of home dates in the first three weeks of October. Because he wanted his team to have a road trip to start the year. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't want to, I'm with you. They'd been consistently inconsistent all year long. I was just surprised. You outshoot a team 26 to 4. That I mean, that's the most shots the Oilers have ever had in a period. And and frankly, here's what, here's what was interesting. Mark, Tristan Jari played well. Yep. They could have scored two or three more goals. In that period alone. So that bodes well. The irony of, you know, you play Carolina, they play that hard press game, and the Oilers got to Carolina's level during the course of that game, right? Like Carolina, the Oilers, you know, the shot metrics dramatically favored Carolina early, and then the Oilers kind of got into it, and they ended up taking the game over, and Carolina had a couple uncharacteristic blunders from Freddie Anderson. Then they played St. Louis, and St. Louis locked it down and shut it down, and then you're sitting at three one against Pittsburgh. You're going, they're not going to go two and four in this homestand, and instead they elevated. So now they get St. Louis. But Mark, I got news for you. I don't think the Blues play the same way on the road that they do at home. I think they. You're in the entertainment business. 
Mm-hmm. They're they're a team built to play playoff road hockey, and they're damn good at it, Mark. But in the regular season, teams also want to entertain. And to me, that's provided the Oilers with some opportunities for some wins over the years in this building because St. Louis does open it up a little bit more because they had it locked down on Saturday afternoon, Mark. Oh, listen, I have absolute admiration for the game that the Blues played against Edmonton. Uh, And you know what? I love the way the Oilers played, and this is why. You know, they got down, what, five minutes in, it's one nothing. Okay, big deal. Uh, then St. Louis jumped into that locker-down style that you're referring to. And, I mean, it's playoff hockey in October. No team's playing that way all year, Bob. You can't play that way all year. It just doesn't happen. But what I liked was the old Oilers team that we used to watch when they got in one of those games, they started cheating. Right, they started taking chances they didn't need to take, and one nothing turned into two nothing, and there was breakaways, and there was two on ones, and a team like St. Louis, Edmonton just fed into the game that St. Louis played. I thought on Saturday, Edmonton hung in there. You know, they they limited chances. They they found them. I always say this, Bob, and, and I don't know if the listeners think I'm full of you know what or not, but there's a two one game out there. And it's going to find you at some point, and you got to be ready to win it if you're going to be a good team. And the Oilers found one of those games when St. Louis did it. Who knew it would be one nothing for 58 minutes? But it was. And Edmonton was in that game, and they were a shot away from tying it and getting it into overtime. So, sure, they lost the game. That's fine. You're going to lose games. But I thought the Oilers comported themselves exceptionally well in that tight, hard playoff style game way better than they used to and i think when they find themselves in the next one you know what the chances of them winning it are a lot better than it used to be mark uh, i want to ask you about a guy and we've had our listeners uh chime in here on the ashley fine floors text line about ryan mcleod so haji says bob with ryan's speed and the way he's already seen the game when he fills out with his man muscle if he learns from a guy like kane and adds a little bit of physicality to his game he could certainly be a top six player he doesn't seem the per- to have the personality to be a gamesmanship type power forward but if he starts to finish some of his checks his speed will cause the opponent's d-man to start hurry their plays potentially creating some turnovers um it's interesting because based on size and speed and a little bit of his playmaking ability, he probably was a back half of the first round pick. But there were some question marks about his makeup and getting there, Mark. And so the Oilers got him at 40. And right now, are you comfortable saying he's he's looking like he can be a full-time third-line NHL center? You got any problems with that, Spec? No, not, not, to, not down the road. Uh, but here's what I'll say about Ryan McLeod as your third-line center. I don't think, listen, this is no shot at him. I think he's going to be, I think he might be more than a third-line center. might be a second-line center one day. But he's a very young player, and on a team that's trying to win a Stanley Cup today, okay, this season, I don't think I can go into the playoffs with that young player as my third-line center and say I'm ready to put together a Stanley Cup contender. I don't think he's ready for it today. Absolutely he'll be ready for it one day, Bob. Uh, I think that the Oilers need to be in the market for a centerman, you know, as the season goes on. And you know what? Ryan McLeod's part of this team today and part of it for a long, long time. Good player, like a nice player. 
but is he my third line center on a team that's going to win that third round series this year? <laughs> I'm not sure if he's ready yet. Is that am I uh, am I being unfair to the kid? I think that's fair. And so now the question I'm going to ask you: Where are you right now? I happen to be in Chicago, Bob. <laughs> Would you have any time? And I'm I'm going to give you a range of what I think the value would be for Jonathan Tays. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you would need a second team to assist in brokering the trade with Chicago eating. It's funny. At one time, I would have said, yeah, I don't know. But I don't think the cost would be a first rounder. It might be a couple second rounders, and then it might be a fifth or sixth to get another team involved in a three-way on the deal to retain some money. And you'd have to send a contract back, but in the you know two and a half to three million dollar range to Chicago, would you have any issues at all moving a couple second round picks to bring in a guy like Jonathan Tase? Uh, you know what? I don't think I would. I mean, I guess let's let's break this down. You got to tell me. You know, I'm going to think a lot about the cost for the player because I think I'm signing a rental. Uh, unless yes. and, you know, unless unless I mean, before I make the trade, I'm talking to Jonathan Tave, Taves and his agent, and seeing if he's going to sign here. Um, but I think I'm signing a rental. So two second rounders for rental—that's a lot, right? That's a yeah. lot. However, you know, however, this is it for the Oilers. This is time. They're here now. Uh, the good news is you're not giving up a first round pick, which I like. And I'm here to tell you, uh, here we go, Bob. Let, let's let's invite to our Ashley Fine Force call-in uh, text-in line all the people who thought Duncan Keith was a bad idea last year. Now that it turns out it was a fantastic idea, he was an excellent defenseman. He helped Evan Bouchard tons and tons and tons. And the Oilers aren't as good at defense this year without him as they were last year with him. So if you think Duncan Keith helped last year, and he did, Jonathan Taves coming in here as your as your let's call him a third line center. What if he's your second line center, Bob? And it allows you to play Drysaddle and McDavid on the same line a lot more often. And what if he works with Ryan McLeod the way Duncan Keith worked with Evan Bouchard? And what that's if Jonathan Taves walks in the door and starts winning yeah. faceoffs for you, Bob, all through the playoffs, and your puck possession numbers are way better? What about all those things? Well, and again, and the way this would work, and everybody, we've, we've discussed with Patrick Kane, $2.9 million in real dollars. So that by the time we get to March 1st, you know, there's there's basically $750,000 left in that deal. So in any deal, the Hawks would eat half. That knocks it down to 375000 Now you need another team to eat 187000 bucks. So the going rate for that is like a fifth or sixth round pick for that it's type the, of money. Like Carolina... It's it's the AAV they got to eat. It's not the actual money. Like yeah, the yeah, actual yeah, yeah. money, but, that's but, zero. But the financial zero decision department. Financial decision for the teams that would do that, they have to oh. factor that in. Is is it worth them to eat two hundred? You know, we all know the caps ten and a half, and uh, we're yeah. you know, and half of that's five two five, and half of that's like. 2.65, right? So right. he's basically in the same range if you can get it cut down. He's in the same range as a Fogel or a Pugliarvi. Now I would tell you that Fogel having the extra year unless he you know, goes on a heater here that might be a tad problematic just because the team, like you look at Chicago, Mark, and I know I don't want to steal your piece because I know you're going to write it. They got Tane and Kays I did it again. 
Taze and Kane aren't the only two getting moved there. <laughs> they signed Athanasiu. They signed yep. Domi. One-year deals, three million bucks. They're going to try to flip those guys for picks too. That's the plan. Yeah, they're moving. There. They're moving. And so, I talked. To, I talked to Kyle Davidson, the general manager, uh, just this morning, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, like, if you guys keep winning, and just for fun, so you guys keep winning, they're four and two. Does the plan change?" And he said, "The plan doesn't change, no matter how much we win." Yeah, there you go. I, I, I'm just throwing it out there, and we'll, we'll get some thoughts. I mean. I'm kind of looking at the Leoters option, and, and right now they got five top six forwards because Yamamoto has not grabbed. The, Paul Yarby started on the first line. He's playing on the third line right now, which is, as, you know, to your credit, you said that's where he probably belongs. He should play his way up. Um, and yeah, he is on the line okay. with Fogle. Line's been okay, for sure. Yeah, that, li- that line's actually, they've, they've had momentum changing shifts. Okay. So I, I'd, I'd like to know people's thoughts because I think you and me would kind of be open to it if you can make it work and if the assets you give up aren't too much, right? Like that's, you know, it's, and it, but Mark, you're not going to get a chance to resign the guy. I, I don't think you, you know, I, now maybe I don't I'm think so. maybe, Now here's know. the last thing. Here's what we got to look at. If I'm scouting uh, on behalf of the Edmonton Oilers, I watched Jonathan K- uh, Taves last night. I'm not worried about Kane. Kane can for sure still play. So don't worry about, if, you, if we're talking Kane, he can play. He'll be able to play. He'll help you. Taves has had some health issues, right? Taves had some issues with his with his health before he got COVID. He had the long COVID. He's had some issues here. I got to know. Okay, I watched Jonathan Taves last night. I watched him intently. He was very good. He skated just fine. At the end of the game, the, the, the Hawks are leading 3-2 in the final minute. He wins the face off of the defensive zone, and he scores the empty netter at the other end. So right now... I'm telling you, he can play. I got to see him in December. I got to see him in January, Bob, because this is a yeah. guy that's had some issues with health. I got to know that he's still going to be there for me in the playoffs, and he's not just looking good in October. So, Girthquake, nice handle, as Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, Bob, Patrick Kane is definitely sexier than Taze, but uh, Merck's right. Jonathan Taze would bring a lot of intangibles. And the other thing is the asset requirement would be completely different. Like, yeah. like Patrick Kane is going to get the Chicago Blackhawks guaranteed a first-round pick, probably an A-grade prospect, and then a contracted player as a rental. I would say that would be the minimum. Look to the New York Rangers, and I still can't figure out, like, Dallas must have loved the Lundquist kid. Like, I did not get that trade spec. But uh, the Rangers have two number ones. They're, and where, oh, where did... Which player did Artemi Panarin have lots of success in it with uh, in Chicago with Patrick Kane? So Patrick Kane. I think that they're probably what we don't want to see is we don't want to see Kane end up in Colorado if you're an Oilers fan. Like and that's very possible, up, right? Because they're going to be in the mix too. Yep. So it's an interesting one. All right. Well, tonight in St. Louis, we got Craig McTavish coming up, and uh, <laughs> you and me literally did show after show after show. It's funny. Uh, Mac T never got another NHL head coaching opportunity after Edmonton. He was a good coach, Mark. I think part of the reason why is he was seen as an Oiler. Like, and I know he was close in Minnesota. I, I know he was close. Uh, but I do, I've always felt, Mark, that he got a bit of a tough ride. It, it's funny, like, it's an unforgiving market. Like, Kevin Lowe, I thought, did a pretty good job as a general manager. 
I don't think Tamalini killed it as a GM here. You know, I'll say that as an OEG employee. I don't think he killed it. I think Mac T had some hits and misses, but he did draft, you know, uh, Nurse and Dreisaitl. Those were his picks. Those are two big hits. So just a quick thought on uh, Mac T, 64, going back in the coaching world with the Blues. Well, I think he's found a, a really good landing place for, you know, here's a guy with a ton of hockey knowledge, right? You know what? He's exactly the player we're talking about. He's Jonathan Taves without the Canada Cup uh uh, Team Canada pedigree as a player. I mean, he was a savvy third-line center that won the face-offs and played the clutch minutes and killed the hard penalty. He was Guy Carboneau, you know, born in Ontario. Uh, as a as a coach now, I think we all know that guys like Mac, they, they run, have their head coaching run and it comes to an end. He's a valuable assistant coach. He's, he knows players. He knows the game. He knows systems. He's been, as Alex Hemsky said, and Jeremy Rutherford wrote a real nice piece in the Athletic. He said, fans should give that a read today. Uh, as Alex Hemsky said, you know, he's coached in all these different countries now, and he really knows players, and he knows players from all different backgrounds. He's a valuable assistant, Bob. He could, he could be an assistant on 32 NHL teams and make them all better. Yeah, my my guess is that, and you're going to hear this in the interview, uh, you know, Mac T has grown. Smart people evolve, Mark, which is right, why you right, and me are troubled. Right. That's why we're sure. troubled in the future. But, no, like the best guys, <laughs> the best people out there in, in every facet learn learn from past failure, uh, continue to try to grow. Mac T is, uh, you know, he's... It's it's funny. It just you know I I think some of the things that I used to complain about fifteen to eighteen years ago about him, I know for a fact that he's moved a little on some of those things. And frankly, I've moved a bit on how hard of a position I had too. Right. So you, there needs to be a degree of accountability, but it has to be done so in a manner where it's you know. And I just say you nail it. The fact that he's had those European experiences, some of them haven't been good. But I think it invariably made him better. Hey, Mark, oh, I, look, sure. I, I will actually see, say this. I look forward to seeing you in Chicago tomorrow. All right, Bobby, let's uh, let's see. Tomorrow, we got a game tomorrow. I was going to say, let's go for a nice steak somewhere. But I guess we'll be having a, a bite at the United States. We got Center a game, but you know what? We're staying overnight in Chicago. You know what that means. Oh, are you now? Oh. Yes, Mark Spector credit card's coming out tomorrow night after you file your, your, your story. Uh, we'll see you at the lodge post game, buddy. <laughs> there we go. All right, there we go. Thanks, Mac. All right. That is Mark Spector. It is twelve fifty six in Edmonton. Uh, want to mention to you that if you're looking for a great Oilers road trip, you can join Oilers now in Vegas this January to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights and all the famous Vegas attractions. Now, we just sent out an Oilers, or uh, just sold out an Oilers now road trip in New York City for the folks at New West Travel. This package through New West Travel into Vegas includes airfare, three nights at the five-star Cosmopolitan Hotel on the Vegas Strip. Game tickets will have a welcome reception with yours truly. For the Oilers now, Hockey Vegas package, visit newwesttravel.com. Here is uh, what we're going to do. It is currently 12.56 in Edmonton, and we're going to uh, run into the break here at 1 o'clock. Eileen Bell will have a global news, weather, traffic update. And then in the next half-hour segment... The aforementioned current assistant coach of the St. Louis Blues, Craig McTavish. And then we will hear from Edmonton Oilers defenseman, Cody Cece. You're listening to Oilers Now, and it's 1257 in Oil Country.